so first I want to just start out by saying the Bible says don't teach falsely don't teach what you don't know obviously I've read Matthew 10 so I'm going to tell you what I took from it but do not listen to me like I want you to go back when you can actually read it and see the words don't just listen to that man read it don't just listen to what I tell you but actually go back for yourself and make sure that you understand as well because I know the consequences of teaching falsely and I would never try to teach to you falsely on purpose but I'm not a preacher so just know that we might disagree on some things and if we do I would love for you to text me to call me to let me know that you disagree and just reach me out and and say that but here goes nothing so in Matthew 10 I'm not going to break down every verse maybe I should but uh, I'm going to just tell you what I wrote in my journal what I thought was the most important things of the chapter So, again, I strongly encourage you to go back and you break down all the verses yourself. But here are the things that I wrote down. And it started in verse 1. I wrote down that Jesus gave his disciples power to heal people. Um, This was just to his disciples. This was back in the olden days. And he gave his disciples these powers so these disciples could go out and show others and teach others and heal others like Jesus. Jesus doesn't do that anymore. So people that claim that they can heal you, well, that's just incorrect. But he only gave this to his 12 disciples. And then in verse 2, I thought it was important to know the names of the 12 disciples. And it reveals that the 12 disciples' names are Peter, which was once Simon, but Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter. So I thought that was cool. Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas. Which we know that Judas wasn't really a disciple. I mean, he claimed to be for like three years and then he ended up being the one to turn Jesus in. So, there was really only 11 disciples that were good. But then in verse 11... Jesus told the disciples to heal only those that were worthy. So, I think that probably still ties into our life. Like, Jesus will heal those that have faith. Like, if you have faith that Jesus can help you, and when you're praying, you have faith that Jesus answers your prayers, then Jesus will. But if you pray and you think, well, I don't even know if Jesus hears this, or God hears this, or so on and so forth then I don't think he will. I don't think he will answer your prayers. Because, I mean, he told his disciples, only heal those that have faith, those that are worthy. And I don't know why he would tell his disciples to do that, but he wouldn't follow that as well. So then, if you keep going in verses 14 and 15, Jesus is telling his disciples, if people don't accept you, leave. Their judgment will be harsh. Worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. So he told his disciples, you know, go out, preach my name. But if people won't listen to you preaching my name, then go on. Go on with yourself. I think this is very important even to us. As Christians, we're supposed to read, pray, and witness. We can't just read and pray and think that we're saved. We have to witness to others too. I heard a preacher say the other day that if we witness to others and they 
don't listen and they go to hell, it's their fault. But if we don't witness to others and they never hear it and they go to hell, it's our fault. So even if there's people that are terrible, I mean, you just think they're terrible people. You don't think that they'll listen to you. You think they'll push you aside, whether it's family or friends or people at your job. It's still your job as a Christian to witness to these people. Because it would be better for you to witness to them and them choose it themselves than you not to witness to them and them not know. You know, my dad's told you that story about how he had that trucker friend that, I mean, shot his wife, went to prison, was in a biker gang. And my dad really, really didn't want to witness to him. But, I mean, he thought he was, he knew God was calling him to, so he did. And that guy wept like a baby. And that could happen to people at your work. That could happen to your family. That could happen to anybody. We really need to to witness. It's it's our jobs. Also in 19 it said God will speak through his disciples. So that's also another fantastic thing to think about. Like if you are witnessing to somebody. Or if you're in a situation where you know you are in trouble because you, you are witnessing. Like you're being persecuted. God will talk through you. And that is just, that's peaceful for, to me to think that when I am talking to other people, if I really believe in God, he will come and speak through me. And maybe reach these people that I could never reach without him. And then in verse 22, it says, you will be hated if you're saved, pretty much. I mean, that is pretty much what it says. So just know that if you're saved and there ain't people that hate you because of it, then you might not be saved. It is hard to witness to other people. It's hard for me. It's hard for me and I'm outgoing. And I know I love you to death, but you're not outgoing. So I can only imagine how it is for you to witness to people. But we can't just take our weaknesses and not do things for Christ because of our weaknesses. We have to overcome them. And with God, we can. And we will be hated. There will be people at your job that if you worship, if you witness to them, they will despise it. They, will, they won't like it at all. But that is still your job. And it's my job too. My job at school. My job at work when I get to go back to work. And then if you keep going in 28, it says, don't fear men, fear God. Pretty much. Uh, 28 says, and fear not them which the body are able to kill the soul, but rather fear him that is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, which that is God. God can send our soul and our body to hell. So don't fear the people that can kill you. Fear the Fear the one that can kill you and send you to eternally to hell. Because it's better to die here early a Christian and go to heaven than to die here late. Live to even a hundred and then go to hell for all eternity. So we don't need to fear men. We don't need to fear what they're going to do to us if we witness God's word. We need to fear God. We need to have a fear of God. In 30, this just uplifted me. It made me feel good. It, it's the part where it says that um, 
our hairs on our head are numbered, that just makes me feel good. It makes me feel like my God loves me. My God doesn't just know my name or know, you know, what I do every day. He knows how many hairs are on my head. It is hard to fathom that my God, who I love so much, loves me so much to know everything about me. I mean, if you think about it, before we were saved, we used to love, love these actors and these singers. Shawn Mendes, for me. And I was like, I loved him, and he doesn't even know my name. If I died, it wouldn't affect him. He he literally doesn't know me. But my God, he knows everything about me. Everything, from what I think, to what I say, to what I do, to the numbers of hairs on my head. So if we can love John Mendez in our sin. I just love God so much more after you come to him. And then verse 32 through 33 is talking about if you confess Jesus, he'll confess you. But if you deny Jesus, he'll deny you. And I know we've heard that a million times, but it's just the truth. If we live for Jesus, I mean truly live for him on earth. Then when we go to heaven, he'll say, Father, I know them. And our names will be in the Lamb's book of life. So we'll go to heaven. But if we deny him on earth, I mean, we don't we don't just sin immorally. But we also don't pray, read, and witness like we should. Truly live for him and love him. He'll deny us in heaven. With tears in his eyes, I'm sure. Some people will probably go to the judgment seat. Not the judgment seat, but the white throne judgment. And say, but but God, I went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. I mean, I loved you. I even prayed to you. I called out your name. And I'm sure Jesus will say, but I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you. And I'm sure he'll be sad. Because there's going to be so many people that truly think they're saved and they're not. And that's a sad thing. I liked in verse 34 that Jesus said, Think not that I am to come send peace on earth. I come to send peace by a sword. So that's pretty much saying, you know, Jesus didn't come to spread peace to make people feel good. He pretty much came and spread pretty much a war. Like, because of Jesus and religion, it's such a heavy topic. People... I mean, they fight about it. I mean, if you think about it, if I was saved and you weren't, or you were saved and I weren't, we would have some pretty strong words. I mean, you would want me to get saved and I would want you to get saved. And if we weren't equally yoked, we would we would really have a problem. We'd probably fight about it. Maybe not fight about it, but really disagree. And it would cause a huge wedge in our relationship. So that's what Jesus is saying. There's a lot of people like that. Jesus doesn't come to spread peace and make us feel good. He spreads war. He really does. Because the people that love him, they take him seriously. And they want others that don't love him and live for him to take him seriously too. And sometimes it's hard to get them to see that. And then in verse 37, it pretty much says that... um, Your love for Jesus compared to your love for your family should make your family, you know, your mom, your dad, your sister, your wife, 
your children, it should make your love for them look like hatred. Which I know we've heard, we talked about it. We we actually struggle with that and I pray that maybe we can overcome that as we keep reading and loving on Jesus. But uh it's ha- it's hard to think about, but it's true. We should we should love Jesus more than I love you. We should love more, Jesus more than I love my dad or you love your mom or dad and my mom. We should we should love him so much. When we go to heaven, we shouldn't go to heaven because we want to be with each other. We should go to heaven because we want to see Jesus and we want to kiss his feet and thank him for everything that he did for us. And uh, I'm guilty of it too. I really need to pray for that. So if you pray for me for that, that I would love that. And then in verse 38, it says, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me not is not worthy of me. And that's pretty much saying, you know, you need to die to yourself. You need to become a new creature. I mean, when you start living, I mean, you live for me. I mean, you take up your cross, you die to yourself, you your sins die, your flesh dies, and you live for me. That doesn't mean that we won't mess up every once in a while. But, I mean, if if we're truly, truly a Christian, we're going to try our hardest to not sin, to not displease God. And if we do displease God, and we don't feel bad about it, and we don't try to fight it, then we're not a Christian. It's one thing to do bad and keep doing bad. It's another thing to do bad, cry about it, ask Jesus for forgiveness, and really, really try with all of our hearts to stop. And if you don't do that, then like the Bible said in verse 38, you're not worthy to be a Christian. You're not worthy to follow Jesus. So that's why it's so important that we get rid of these habitual sins and these temptations, well, try to not fall into temptation. And like I said, it will happen every once in a while but when it does we should really really be sorrowful not just sorry but I mean so much so much regret and sadness that I mean it truly burdens us maybe even causes tears to our eyes I mean when we sin we should call out to Jesus anyways I guess that's all that I really got from Matthew 10 and uh If you, like I said, if you don't agree with some of these things that I said, just let me know, please. I don't want you to just take my word. I really want you to read it and and come with me and tell me what you think. Anyways, I love you and I hope you have a great day at work.